Disney Roulette is a movie review podcast in which we discuss, in detail, the movies available on Disney's streaming service. In internet speak, that means, spoiler alert, you've been warned. Also, while Disney films are safe for the whole family to enjoy together, this show is not. Listener discretion is advised. All that said, let's do this shit. Welcome to Disney Plus Roulette, a magical movie review podcast. I'm your host, Kate. And I'm hoping my computer works. Yeah, this is our third attempt at trying to get this podcast started. <laughs> Let's see if we can actually do it. Also, I am so tired and hyped up on cinnamon rolls and energy drinks, and now I'm drinking alcohol, so I'm pretty sure I'm going to be bringing some weird-ass energy to the show tonight. Woohoo! Get excited. <laughs> you got anything, Bob? I got nothing. <laughs> no, I think things are, you know, gearing up for holiday weekend. Memorial Day is coming up and summer's going to kick off and hopefully it's a better summer than last year. I mean, that is not a high bar to hit. <laughs> I'm just asking for small prayers. <laughs> yeah. We both got our Fauci ouchies and, you know, the large portion of the populace has. So we're finally getting to some mask-free life, which is very exciting. I was not looking forward to working a summer in a theme park with it 100 degrees and wearing a mask outside. So I'm pretty psyched about that. I'm not going to lie. You can't see it, but I'm just shaking my head no. Nope. Yeah. Not going to do it. No, thank you. Uh... All right. Well, how about we get straight into some news? Now streaming on Disney Plus are Gulliver's Travels, Tinkerbell and the Legend of the Never Beast, which I've never seen, but all the comments on the Facebook page underneath the list of all the things I was streaming, people were raving about Tinkerbell and Legend of the Never Beast and how it brings them to tears. Oh. So apparently that's a little jewel. Maybe it'll come up in the role at some point. And then season two of Big City Greens. In other news, Hocus Pocus 2 has officially been confirmed for fall 2022. I was really hoping that would be this fall, but it's okay. Bette Midler, Kathy Najimy, and Sarah Jessica Parker are all returning. And Thora Birch has maybe dropped a hint that she might be returning as well. She tweeted, 2022 will be marvelous with a gif of Bette Midler as Winifred. So either she's just celebrating the movie coming out or she might actually be involved too. Yeah, everything I've seen is that the original three sisters are coming back and that's everything confirmed. Right. And uh, that's it. It's a pretty slow news week. Nothing super exciting other than that. Just still counting down the days till Black Widow. What am I, chopped liver? Oh, do you have a Marvel Minute? I always have something, even if it's just me saying, hey, I like Marvel. <laughs> yeah, no, we have a Marvel Minute because, duh, the Eternals trailer dropped. Oh, yeah. 
That's that, a thing that happened. You know, the teaser trailer for the next Marvel movie after Black Widow. So if you haven't checked out that teaser trailer, I've posted it several places. It's all over YouTube. Feel free to check that out. It looks great. I'm excited for it. And I think there's a lot of nods to why the Eternals haven't been involved in the cinematic universes thus far. If you know anything about them, that they're millennia's old. So it's going to be a fun time. And I'm excited for that one. And there's rumors that Spider-Man trailer might drop June 1st-ish. So. Ooh, that's exciting. Cross your fingers. I'm going to be a little bit of a dick and correct you on a Marvel thing. Oh, what now? Eternals is not the next thing after Black Widow. Shang-Chi is. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. I, For some reason, I keep forgetting about Shang-Chi. But then again, this year, I am so overloaded, but in a good way. Oh, yeah. We're being spoiled. Yeah. Next year, it's not bad, but it's just not going to be what this year is. Yeah. This year is a barrage, and I am living for it. Hear it for it. All right, now let's get into our movie, which is The Muppets Most Wanted. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you, bad boys, bad boys? What you gonna (laughs) So our drink this week is called the Permit, like Piggy Kermit, like a Brangelina kind Uh, of situation. You just brought up the most horrible part of the movie for me go ahead continue (laughs) this drink i can't promise you it's gonna taste good i'm gonna be real with you i basically just found something pink and something green and we are having them in a dual shot glass so what are they the green one is i think ours is de kepper but basically midori melon liqueur melon liqueur okay yeah And the other one is Captain Morgan Watermelon Smash Rum. Okay. It comes in a scratch and sniff bottle, so that's how you know it's good. It's two melons. I mean... But if you thought there was any kind of mixer or actual drink to this, you're wrong. It's literally just a half shot of two melon liqueurs. But here we go. Cheers. Okay, that's not bad. So the shot glasses we have that have like a divider in the middle... It's just the ones that you get from the ABC store that are like pre-made buttery nipples and those kind of guys. And it tastes like one of those. Okay, so for those of you who don't live in Virginia, an ABC store is the Alcoholic Beverage Commission. It's not called that everywhere. Just FYI. Yeah, I forget that that's not a thing all over the country. Yep. Our southern state is lame and we can't buy liquor in regular stores. I did my second shot, by the way, so so should you. Oh, thanks. Oh yeah, it wasn't terrible. It was all right. <coughs> okay. First one was actually better. <laughs> so riddle me this about this movie. Yes? No, no, it's trivia time. Oh. <laughs> Usually riddle me this is followed up by some kind of riddle. Well, I, well okay, I'm wrong. <laughs> you ever been wrong? It happened to me. Okay, yeah. So how about I share some trivia with you, Bob? How about you, how about you do that? All right. This movie was released in 2014. At one point, Ricky Gervais recreates one of his infamous dance moves as David Brent in The Office. It's during the I'm number one sequence. He does a series of goofy dances, and one of them is part of his dance from The Office. Okay. There are multiple homages to mysteries and spy thrillers. 
at one point they break bus to find a hidden object inside. That's a yeah. nod to the Sherlock Holmes story, The Adventure of the Six Napoleons. Mm. And the steel dentures Constantine attacks Walter and Fozzie with are an homage to the steel tooth man named Jaws. Jaws, correct. From the Bond movie, The Spy Who Loved Me. Yeah. And... Who also shows up in Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Everybody get a tissue ready for this one. Danny Trejo's mother passed away as he was finishing up filming the movie. He was a tough guy, you know, tough guy Danny Trejo, as everyone was offering their sympathies. But when Steve Whitmire offered his condolences in character as Kermit, Trejo broke down in tears. Oh, man. Yeah. And uh, that's it for my trivia. On to the movie, which literally starts with the end of the first movie. It does. Yep. They have two actors standing in as Jason Segel and Amy Adams. And director yells cut, and then we break off and everybody starts chatting on set, and they sing a song about doing a sequel. We get our first two cameos in the movie, which are Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga. And in all honesty, I love that about this movie, is that we really brought back old Muppets movie, Muppets Take Manhattan. You would see comedians from all genres showing up in the Muppets movies. And I didn't feel that we got a lot of that in the Jason Siegel one, but I feel like we got a lot more of that in this one. There is so much in this one. Yeah. If you think maybe it would be fun to do a drinking game and take a drink every time you see a cameo, don't do it. <laughs> I do not suggest that. I do not promote that. I will not be responsible for your poor life decisions. Yeah, it's not going to end well for you. <laughs> it's like doing our... Pirates of the Caribbean one, where you drink every time they say pirate in the first movie. Oh, no, 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 no. No. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> so the Muppets don't know what to do for the sequel. They sing a whole song about how they don't know what to do for the sequel. And then in pops Ricky Gervais, and he suggests that the Muppets go on a world tour. Cut to Siberia. A Ker- I wrote in my notes, a Kermit resembling Muppet- <laughs> <laughs> How about a, a frog muppet resembling Kermit? Yes, that. That exactly. Breaks out of a gulag and lets all the inmates out. His you name can is... say all of that, but you can say gulag? It's a Russian. That's true. His name is Constantine, and oh my, then he blows everything up. <laughs> they do this elaborate escape, and then he just walks away and holds up a detonator. Kaboomski. Everything explodes. But he, he uses Kermit's line, it's time to light the lights. Like, it's from the theme. I actually, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't catch that. That was really good. Yeah. We go back to Ricky Gervais. He is talking with the Muppets. His name is Dominic Bad Guy, but he says it's pronounced Bad Guy. Bad Guy. Yes. He is a manager who wants to manage their tour. And during the meeting, he gets a call from dun-dun-dun, Constantine, the evil Muppet. Constantine hangs up the phone after their call and then blows it up. The Muppets board a train for their world tour. The train starts driving backwards and they take the train across the ocean to Berlin. Like you do. Last time they traveled by map, this time they traveled by train across ocean. I mean, it sounds like a logical progression to me. They get to the venue and it's super run down. Dominic suggests that they play the Berlin National Theater, which they cannot afford. 
Kermit tells them they can't afford the tour if they don't sell out the theater. But then, of course, Dominic strolls in and says, They sold, sold it out! out. The theater. That's right. <laughs> so now Kermit looks like a douche and Dominic is the hero. All throughout the, you know, first ten minutes of the movie, Miss Piggy has been referencing marrying Kermit and going on their European honeymoon on this tour. But he has not even proposed yet. And they get into a big fight about it and she storms out. Kermit is sulking and Dominic comes in and recommends a calming stroll along the canals and hands him a map. That's like, hey, go to this calming place at the canals. Kermit follows the map and it's like some serious at the end of the day from Les Mis vibes. (laughs) He's run down. Everybody looks like shit. You're going to get fucked up here. And then we get the evil Kermit meme. Yep. (laughs) Which, of course, it comes from this movie, but I didn't even think about it. Yes. So Kermit turns around and there's a cloaked evil looking Kermit staring at him, which then became the evil Kermit meme. Constantine pops up in front of him and smacks a fake mole on Kermit and then parkours the fuck out of there. (laughs) I'm out. A woman, which was a cameo of Miranda Richardson, she sees Kermit with the mole, thinks he's Constantine, gets him arrested. And then we see Constantine hiding around the corner. He puts on a little bit of green concealer. Which you can buy at every corner market. Of course. And covers up his mole. Now that he has covered his mole and he looks just like Kermit, he shows up at the theater with Dominic, talking in a very suspect Russian accent. And Annual is not buying this shit for one second and bites the shit out of Constantine's hand. Like, this is not my dude. I love that out of everybody, Animal is the one who's like, nope. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck is the matter with you guys? This guy does not look at all like Kermit and he is talking in a Russian accent. But they all grab Animal off of him and are like, don't hurt Kermit, because everybody's stupid. So we get a scene of Constantine describing his evil plot. Phase one is complete, and he's going to do the biggest burglary of all time and frame the Muppets. He is going to steal a painting, and that is going to, through a series of events, lead to him stealing the crown jewels of England. Then we get a dance sequence, song sequence, of Constantine singing about how Dominic is number two. The whole movie has been referring to him as number two. Yes. He is number one, and he is number two. Yes. Ricky Gervais, he can hold a tune okay. He did okay. Yeah! But was it just me, or did he seem pretty uncomfortable during this whole scene? To me, the whole movie, in all honesty... It was like someone was holding his family at ransom and he had to do this movie or they would all die. Yeah, he did not seem to be having a great time. Like, I've seen him in other things. I've seen the things he's done and he's always having a good time. And this just seemed pressured. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I mean, I'm sure it's weird having to act across from a puppet when you can, like, see the dude operating the puppet right below you. Yeah. The key is you really, really have to play it straight. And I think that was a little hard for him. But also, I can't remember the name of the director, but I had the same complaint about the first movie, who was directed by the same guy. He had them sing at the camera a lot. Yeah. And, like, I'm okay with an occasional breaking the fourth wall joke, which they did do in here and did effectively, but I don't want you singing at me during a song. 
Right. You're supposed to be in the world and we're along for the ride. It's right. not The Muppet Show. Yeah, exactly. They do it like it's a variety show, but it's not. It's a movie with a plot. Give me some Muppet Christmas Carol. Just have some good songs that they just sing and don't be weird about it. So I also wonder if that kind of made him uncomfortable, just having to sing and dance and stare into the camera the whole time. My only real complaint about this scene, and I get that Constantine is supposed to be like super number one criminal guy, but they have him bouncing all over the place, doing all this crazy parkour stuff. And I think they filmed it all practically because they wanted to use as little CGI as possible. Right. So I think they filmed it all practically and then just removed the puppeteer. But I don't know. I just, it kind of kills the Muppet charm for me to have them bouncing all over the place. I don't need to see their feet un- like unless you're doing a pup. I want it to be puppets. Yeah. Muppet, puppet, yeah. So they go to do their first show. Constantine goes to introduce the show, but sees the crowd, gets instant stage fright and faints. And they lift the scenery up to continue on with the show. He falls off the scenery, slams down onto the ground, and then Sweetums comes out and just like slowly drags his body off stage as the first act starts. And it is Christoph Waltz doing a waltz, which I found pretty delightful. I loved everything about all of the cameos every single time. I loved it. Yeah. The Muppets are setting off explosions as part of the show, and... Dominic is using this, he's hammering through a wall adjacent to a museum with each bang. He's broken into the museum next door, and he and Constantine steal some paintings, and Dominic leaves behind a coin with a lemur on it, framing the second most wanted criminal, the lemur. Constantine, of course, is the most wanted criminal. Obvi. Next, we get Ty Burrell playing an agent from Interpol. I'm not gonna lie, I did not catch his name. Uh, no, I don't think I did either. He's playing a French guy, though, and he's nailing the accent. It's pretty great. He is one of my favorite characters. He and Sam Eagle, who is working for the CIA, are investigating the robbery. They have a they badge ha- off. They do. They have a battle of the badges where they go back and forth and try to show whose badge is bigger. And then a UPS guy... Played by James fucking McAvoy. <laughs> In his Scottish accent. In his Scottish accent. It's just like, here's your package, sir, and walks off. And that's it. <laughs> that's literally his entire part of the thing. And the package that he's dropping off is like a body-sized, human-sized. Yeah, for Sam. Badge off aside, they are determined to track down the lemur for stealing these paintings. We cut to Dominic and Constantine on the tour train. They get info for their plot that is sending them to Madrid. So that's where we're going next. We go to Kermit, who is arriving at the Gulag. There he meets Danny Trejo, Ray Liotta, and Jemaine Clement. Love him. Adore him. Tina Fey shows up as, I guess, is she running it? She's either like the head guard or she's running it. I don't know. Yeah, she's running it. She's the, um, what do they call that? The warden. Yes. She sings a song called The Big House. She also does a pretty good job. Yeah. Decent she voice. Which her own. makes sense because generally people who can do good impressions are people who have an ear for tone and throwing their voice. So it makes sense that she could also sing. 
I love everything that Tina Fey does. And the fact that she started out as a writer and then just jumped in front of the camera, I love it. I love the fact that she's taken that on and is now known for being the actress rather than necessarily being the writer and behind the camera. Yeah, I love her. I recommend the audiobook, but her book Bossy Pants is super entertaining and really good. During her song, she goes over to a solitary confinement. It's not even like a room. It's like a porta potty, essentially. It's this little metal solid box and cracks open the door. Uh, the eye slot. The eye slot, yeah. And somebody starts singing from the inside. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Josh Groban. Yeah. It was easily Josh Groban, yep. Back on the train, Piggy comes to make up with Kermit and accept his apology that he didn't offer. And she's like, I'm here to accept your apology. He snaps at her because, remember, this isn't Kermit, this is Constantine. So he's like, get the fuck out of here, Pig. I don't care about your story. Yep. Except all that with a Russian accent. Which is a bad Russian accent. Yes. Dominic tells him, dude, you gotta keep up appearances. We're kind of running a con here. So he takes that advice and fucking runs with it. <laughs> and my next note is, Whoa, and now we're in a sexy disco song. <laughs> because, whoa, we are now in a sexy disco song. Like you do. He spins around and all of a sudden he's in like a satin white shirt with a deep v-neck and he's singing this sexy song to Miss Piggy. And the thing that made me laugh the hardest in this whole fucking movie, he takes a tub of Vaseline while he's singing and starts rubbing it along the edge of the camera frame to, like, make the old 70s blur effect. Yeah, the soft edges effect. I loved it. My god, I was dying. So he sings this song in his silk shirt about how he will give her whatever she wants. So he's like, I'm gonna be rich and it's all gonna be yours, baby. 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 We go to Kermit, he is counting down the days in the gulag, and he does not understand why no one is coming to find him. Where are his friends? And he's getting pretty sad. We go back to Constantine, he is watching old episodes of The Muppet Show to rehearse sounding like Kermit. The next show that they do on the tour is a show in Spain with Selma Hayek. Gonzo does a live running with the bulls that Kermit would never let him do. The no, whole movie, he would not let him do it. Yeah. And while the bulls are charging, Constantine blows another hole in an adjacent wall to break into another museum. Then we see Miss Piggy do the Macarena with a bunch of flamingos, because of course we do. And number one and number two are in the vault, breaking open busts to find a key hidden inside one of the busts. They find this key and there's another clue with it leading them to the vaults of the Irish National Bank. After the show ends, we cut to Mackenzie Crook and Toby Jones playing museum workers, finding the destruction in the museum next door. Mackenzie Crook is the tall, skinny pirate from the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie who keeps losing bootstraps, his bootstraps. Bootstraps. Yes, and Toby Jones is a fantastic, generally kind of a character actor, but fantastic actor. He's in Hunger Games. He was. What's the name of the dude from Captain America who gets uploaded to the system? Oh, uh, yeah, he was in that, wasn't he? I was thinking Doctor Who. Uh, he was the Dream Lord in that. And in Captain America, he was Zola. Zola, I mean, Zola. that's right. Yep. Yeah, both fantastic, amazing British actors. Yeah. Next, Sam Eagle and Ty Burrell show up at the scene of the next crime. Sam notices that the Muppets were playing next door to both robberies. Interesting. Hmm. They rush to the train station to stop the Muppets before they can leave. 
And now we are going into an interrogation song. I love interrogation songs. Yeah. It's my favorite genre. Yeah, it's just such a throwback. It's so old school, you know? (laughs) So they do this whole song as they interrogate everybody, and ultimately they decide that the Muppets are way too dumb to have pulled off this con. Yeah. So the Muppets did not do it. We go back to Kermit. He tries to escape through a dig tunnel with the laundry and in the sewer pipes, but Tina Fey is waiting at every single one. I think her name was Nadia? Nadia. Yeah. She's holding a newspaper, and he sees the Muppets on there, and she's like, hey, yeah, you're involved with the Muppets. We are doing a musical review in the Gulag, and I'm going to need you to run that. We go back to Ty Burrell and Sam Eagle. They figure out that the Muppets are heading to Dublin, and they are starting to become friends. They're kind of bonding over the course of their little adventure investigation together. Meanwhile, the Muppets are on the train partying with P. Diddy. Does he have a different name now? I feel like it changed again. Sean Puffy Combs? Is that where we're at now? Okay. I don't know. I think it's it's jumped from Puff Daddy to P. Diddy to Sean to Sean John to... I don't, I don't even know. The artist formerly known as Puff Daddy. Yeah. Walter, he was the lead in the last movie, so he's like the newbie Muppet. He is worried because Kermit seems different. Good job, buddy. Catching on to that. Slowly but surely. Yeah. He follows Dominic across Dublin and witnesses a shady deal with Tom Hollander and Hugh Bonneville. Who are they? Uh, Hugh Bonneville is the dad from Downton Abbey. Oh. And I recognize the other actor. I can't remember. What the fuck was that character's name? He played Beckett in Pirates of the Caribbean. He was the guy that ran the East India Trading Company. Oh, he's the major douchebag. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fantastic as well. So, question for you. Uh Uh-huh. If there's a Tom Hollander and there's a Tom Holland, that leads me to believe that there's a Tom Hollandist. (laughs) Ooh, I want to know what that is. (laughs) But also, I find it hard to believe that Tom Hollander is... A step Burr. above Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it depends on what we're talking. If we're talking acting chops, sure. If we're talking ability to do gymnastics, not so much. Not so much. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome for that. I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of that one. Now I'm just distracted trying to think of what Tom Hollandist would be. <laughs> All right, focused. audience, send us <laughs> what you think a Tom Hollandist would be. I feel like... Uh, it have to be Hugh Jackman. I mean, something like that, yeah. Singer, dancer, charmer, but like threat. on yeah. steroids. <laughs> yeah. Anywho. Next we see Fozzie. He accidentally drops some green stuff while he's eating on the newspaper. And it falls on Constantine's mugshot and covers up the mole. And Fozzie's like, hey, now that there's no mole on this frog's face, he looks just like Kermit. And just as he puts that together, Walter comes running in to tell Fozzie what he's found. And collectively, they put it all together. Constantine walks in on them, but Animal, who has been clinging to the ceiling this whole time, (laughs) very conveniently, in the most badass way, (laughs) uh, tackles him. And he comes after them with the steel teeth we were talking about earlier. But they manage to jump out the window and onto another passing train. And they're like, well, shit, what do we do now? And Walter, being the, like, faithful Muppet he is, decides that they need Kermit to help save the day. So they're going to go find Kermit. 
We go to Kermit at the Gulag. He has turned the inmates into proper performers. They show off their number as they're practicing. And then after the practice is over, Nadia goes to her room and opens a cabinet and there's a Kermit shrine in there and she makes out with a picture of him and it's really fucking weird. (laughs) Constantine and Dominic go to the rest of the Muppets and tell them that Fozzie and Walter and Animal have quit. And then it's one of the funniest jokes, in my opinion, in this movie. Go ahead. Yeah. They make a jab at the first movie for neglecting the other Muppets for the sake of Walter. Yeah. They literally have Robin, Kermit's nephew, come out and be like, yeah, because I totally couldn't have played that kind of part. And, like, walk off. Yeah. Complete hysterical fourth wall break. They said something about, like, the charm of the Muppets is how much you grow and love them. And it would be silly to waste time on a character that no one has any emotional attachment to. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Then we get a montage of Fozzie, Walter, and Animal crossing various landscapes. Very Lord of the Rings style. And now we're at their show in Ireland, which features Shearsha Ronan. Constantine and Dominic break into the vault next door and find the thing they're looking for and rush back to the show so that Constantine can be like, hey, I've been at the show the whole time. He interrupts Piggy's performance of My Heart Will Go On with Celine Dion, of course. Obvi. Obvi. Okay, I will be honest. I was very surprised how little Miss Piggy was Miss Piggy in this because... In my head, or in any other variation I've seen of Miss Piggy, she would have tried to upstage Celine Dion every moment of that, and she really didn't. She really let them both have the stage together. That's true, but every other moment she was on screen, she was pretty fucking obnoxious. (laughs) Yes, that's true. I kind of hate Piggy a lot. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of the point with Miss Piggy. I know. But that doesn't make me enjoy her anymore. Oh, Kermy. So Constantine interrupts her performance so that he can propose to her on stage. He announces to the audience that they will be getting married in two days at the Tower of London. You know, everybody does that. Yeah. Ty Burrell and Sam Eagle find a rubber chicken and a lemur coin left behind this time. So now Fozzie is being framed for being the lemur. I love the fact that they were like, the Muppets as a whole are too stupid to have pulled this off. But Fozzie, (laughs) Fozzie is capable of this. That's right. His entire personality for his whole life has been a ruse. (laughs) They also figure out that the crown jewels are the next target. So they make their way to London. (laughs) This started getting more and more complicated in my notes of like Constantine as Kermit versus Constantine as Constantine. So I just started writing Consta Kermit. <laughs> oh, that sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, Consta Kermit tells the Muppets he will be quitting after the wedding. Miss Piggy is like, yay, he finally wants to marry me, but also he's been really hesitant to marry me for a long time and something feels wrong. And she sings a whole song about how it doesn't quite feel right. Because Kermit quitting anything is a thing. Right. Then we get the single most fucking disturbing thing that happens in this entire goddamn (sighs) movie. Bleach my brain, please. She is fantasizing about her future with Kermit, and they even sing about it in the song. They sing about a pink frog and a green piggy. We get baby Muppets that are 
a green pig and a pink frog, and it's not cute. It's not cute. It's no, real gross. It's weird. It's disturbing. And why couldn't we just have the kids from A Muppet Christmas Carol? We had to do this weird crossbreeding. Guys, we're not even talking about the fact that one's a mammal and one's an amphibian. Right, like, we already have to do a fair amount of conscious effort to not think about the logistics of a frog fucking a pig. (laughs) But I don't need you to, like, really ram that visual in my head by showing what kind of freakish offspring would come from that. Yeah. If offspring could come from that. And they did. Um. Oh! I wrote here Celine Dion joins the song. She wasn't part of My Heart Will Go On. She joins in now. That's what happened. That's what happened. Yeah, Celine Dion sings this song with Miss Piggy. That's true. It's still awkward. (laughs) Yeah. We go back to the trio hunting for Kermit. They have somehow managed to break into the gulag. They very conveniently don't show us how they did that. No. We get a lot of shots of Kermit trying to escape, but he can't. But none of them breaking in. Well, who breaks in? That's right. Who breaks in? They tell Kermit that Constantine has replaced him. And Kermit is rightfully pretty pissed that Animal is the only one who didn't realize there was an imposter. (laughs) He's like, no, nobody could tell that I wasn't the mass murdering fuckhead? Cool, thanks. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Then we get... Chloe Grace Moritz showing up as a paper boy, paper girl, showing up as a newsie to deliver a paper announcing Kermit and Piggy's wedding. They're finally getting married. They're finally getting... Oh, wait, we already did that in an old Muppets movie. That's right. Muppet movies are like the Etch-A-Sketch end of the world. You just shake it off and start over. Except they literally picked up from the last movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This Well, t- obviously, Bob. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> So Kermit is like, what the fuck? We gotta go save her. And just start fucking hauling ass for the fence to escape. Yeah, let's, get, let's just get out of here, man. And he almost gets shot by the guard. And he's like, oh yeah, sorry, man. I forgot I can't just run out of here. And they cut to the it's guard. No and it's It's the Tooch. It's Stanley Tucci, my boy. It is. Who is apparently Kermit's friend. And he's like, it's okay. <laughs> and then we get a smash cut to an inmate doing a strongman act for the event. For their talent show, yeah. And it's Tom Hiddleston. Yep. As part of his strongman act, he breaks through some shackles and then makes a run for it. And Nadia, without even thinking about it, just reaches out and tases him as he runs by. Yeah. And that's the last you see of Tom Hiddleston. Yes. Until the very end. Yes. The next number, this is the actual production at this point. We are in the show. Correct. The next number is working in the coal mine and involves all the inmates as they are singing their song and digging a hole they're digging an actual hole through the stage yep going down they finish the song by everybody jumping in the hole and then everything goes quiet for a second and nadia's like nah shit (laughs) and realizes that everyone has broken up i love that digging a hole now now works well she's she's distracted by the show Uh she was captivated it's about the, the pageantry of it. That's right. Gotcha. And don't forget, she's passionately in love with Kermit. So she was like staring into those ping pong ball eyes and just lost. I know how she feels. I think we should maybe talk about that at couples therapy. Oh, look, a drink. <laughs> 
so they manage to very quickly make their way to London, and we get one of those old-timey mirror gags where the twins are looking at each other, and, like, one raises the arm, and the other one raises the arm. So you've got, like, Constantine and Kermit, like, mimicking each other, and Kermit's trying to hide the fact that he's there. It's cute. I think it was originally a Marx Brothers thing. Was it? I think so. After Kermit manages to convince Constantine that he is in fact a mirror, he like runs and hides. Constantine tells Dominic to get the jewels and on the signal, they're going to roll the fuck out of there. As soon as Piggy and the wedding are done, being a distraction, kaboom, blowing everybody up. (laughs) And then we meet the thieving babies. Yeah. Why is everything involving babies so fucking creepy in this movie? (laughs) Well, I... Uh, weren't they in the last movie too, the babies? They're recurring Muppets. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure in the Muppet Vision 3D ride at Disney, uh-huh. I think they are in the band. I think the oh. the band or or like they have sparklers. They're part of the big 4th of July number, I think, gotcha. at the end. But anyway, these thieving babies are going to help with the heist. Ty and Sam show up to arrest Kermit and Fozzie and handcuff them to the steering wheel of a tiny little European car. While this is happening, the wedding is getting started. A pig comes in and asks for the usher, and the usher turns around, and it is Usher saying, I'm the usher. (laughs) We go to the creepy-ass babies crawling through the pipes. No thank you, they are so creepy. (laughs) And they crawl through the pipes to get into the safe and then open the safe from the inside for Dominic to go in there. Kermit and Fozzie are trying to break out of the little car, and Fozzie stamps his feet and realizes, oh hey, I could just like punch through the floor of the shitty little European car. So they just stand up and walk off with the car while Sam Eagle's back is turned. Nothing to see here. Yep. We go to Dominic, he's now in the vault, and he does some Mission Impossible slash entrapment laser dodging shit. Like he comes down on the wire and then he does super stealthy crouching and backflips and shit around the lasers we go back to the wedding we have frank langella as the pastor priest i don't fucking know zach galifianakis is a guest at the wedding Fozzie and kermit have now broken out of the car Uh, somehow i don't know how they did it if they showed it i missed it i don't think they showed it okay apparently if you can walk with a car strapped to your body you can also get the handcuffs off sure obvi Obvi. Uh, Fozzie pulls a handle and is like, I wonder what this does. And that conveniently trips a trapdoor that makes Constantine fall down and pops Kermit up in his place. Piggy's like, oh shit, what's happening? And there's kind of a, a few different levers. They've swapped back and forth a couple times. And then we get the big reveal of the two of them standing next to each other. Oh my god, there are two Kermits. There are two frogs. So then we get that old chestnut of, which one is the real one? How do you tell? And Piggy tells them apart by asking them if they would marry her. And Constantine is like, of course, I want to give you everything you want. I love you. And Kermit's like, well, uh, I want, sure, at some point. And she's like, that's my Kermie, because he has been hesitant to marry her this whole movie. Kermit, I don't blame you. Run away. It's not just this movie. It's his entire life. Yeah. Dominic gets the jewels, rings the bell in the tower, and Constantine reveals himself to the crowd at the wedding. He's like, hey, hey, I have a detonator, because that's what I do, I blow shit up. And here is Chekhov's gun. 
And this was such a minor Chekhov's gun, I didn't put it in my notes earlier in the movie. <laughs> we get a really quick aside of Bunsen making a bomb detector suit earlier in the movie, and Beaker is wearing the suit. Bomb attractor. Attractor, suit. excuse me. Yeah, like it's like a bomb magnet. Yeah. And in comes Bunsen and Beaker with the bomb attractor. It magnetizes Piggy's ring, and a countdown pops up on her ring. I love that Bunsen literally says, and here's Beaker conveniently wearing my bomb attractor. Yeah. And as soon as he said it, I was like, well, fuck, I didn't talk about that in my notes at all. <laughs> <laughs> so they shoot Beaker out into the Thames. That's the one in England, right? Yep. Yeah. They shoot Beaker out into the Thames where the bomb goes off, creates a big splash of water, but don't worry, Beaker's okay because he's Beaker and that's what he does. He gets blown up and he's okay. I love Beaker. He's one of my favorites. Yes. Constantine grabs Piggy by the hand, kind of use her as like leverage kind of situation, drags her up to the roof where there is a helicopter waiting and Dominic is inside and Dominic is in a full body lemur costume. Yeah. Here's your shocking twist of the movie. Dominic is the lemur. Yeah. So number two has been number two this whole time. It wasn't a big shock to me that he was the criminal, the lemur, but I don't think I like seeing a pink frog and a green pig. I don't think I needed to see Ricky Gervais in a lemur costume. No, I didn't either. I really didn't. And now I can't unsee it. Right. It's there. I see it right now. Very yeah. clearly. Constantine's like, fuck you, dude. I'm the number one guy. You think I didn't see this double cross coming? And then, I don't remember how, but he blasts him out of the helicopter. I think it was his seat. Yeah. yeah. His seat was a bomb and he blows him out the side of the, the helicopter. Yeah. So Constantine starts taking off in the helicopter with Piggy. Kermit grabs onto it right as it's taking off. The Muppets form a tower on top of each other, just stacking up, and they latch onto the helicopter with Gonzo's nose. A la Captain America. Yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, Piggy, her hands are tied. She sees a sharp piece of metal in the helicopter and starts sawing through her bindings. And then she breaks free, and she's like, you may be the number one criminal, but you're still a fucking frog, and just grabs him by his legs. And Hulk Loki's that bitch, <laughs> just like... Wings him back and forth and smacks him into the windshield of the helicopter. Yeah. When they were getting Piggy there, I was like, if she wasn't tied up, she would just take care of all of this. And then we came back to it. I was like, oh, she there did. it is. There it is. <laughs> and then Kermit very satisfyingly slaps the mole back onto Constantine's other cheek. He's like, this is yours. Now that they've got Constantine, Tyburell, and Sam Eagle show up to arrest him and Dominic. And the two of them have a tearful goodbye. And Ty Burrell's like, this has been fun. I'm going to go take my eight-week vacation with my family because I live in France. Au revoir. <laughs> Everybody's like, whoo, yay, we survived. And then Nadia storms in on the rooftop. And she wants to arrest Kermit for leading the biggest escape in Gulag history. But then all the Muppets rally around Kermit and tell him how much they need him. And Nadia's like... Ugh, I guess this is your family after all, and families belong together. You're free to go. Because, you know, Russia has a whole lot of jurisdiction in England. Yes. <laughs> and Kermit promises to perform for the Gulag on the tour. Because he's a good guy. Yes, he is. And then we have another Chekhov's gun that I didn't see coming. <laughs> yep. 
earlier in the movie, Nadia's like, you better do what I say or I'm going to throw you on the wall. And she licks his back and throws him at a frozen wall. Yep. And then he's stuck to the wall. And there's a bunch of other dudes just stuck to the wall. So did Tina Fey lick all of their backs? That seems to be the implication. Interesting. Yeah. There's some weird shit happening in that gulag. (laughs) And then my next note is, God, there's so much shit going on. There's no way to know if it'll be important later. But now we have the big grand finale song. Everyone who did a cameo earlier in the movie shows up and they are stuck to the wall and they're singing part of the finale song, and uh, somebody opens the door to the solitary confinement, and out, uh, smacked a bin, and out bursts Josh Groban. Called it. And Kermit's like, Nadia, now it's time for your solo. And she steps forward, takes a deep breath, and it cuts to the end. And then that's the end of the movie. Yeah. But I gotta give a shout out to the end credits. All of the end credits are done with, like, fireworks in the background, and the fireworks are the Muppets' faces, and it's really cool. I really enjoyed the end credits scene and, like, sat and watched the whole thing. And I also didn't realize, until the credits ran, the music for this movie was written by Christoph Beck, who is the composer for Buffy the Vampire Slayer and WandaVision. He's fantastic. All of the songs were written by Brett McKenzie of Flight of the Concords, which made a lot of sense because the songs were funny. As soon as they said that, I was like, oh, yeah, these all sound like Flight of the Concord songs. And they were good. Like, I enjoyed them. But I don't know. This kind of just goes into general discussion of the movie. So we'll just transition right on into that. Yeah. I I really enjoyed this movie. Did you? I did. Okay. But it falls under that category of, that was cute. I enjoyed that. Don't really need to see it again. Yeah. Like, it's kind of a one and done for me. Yeah, I... I will tell you that I like this one better than the last one. I honestly don't remember the last one well enough to compare the two, which says something. The last one was all about Jason Segel, Amy Adams, and Walter. And I didn't give a shit about any of them. Yeah, I do remember having that complaint. And, okay, cool, we're trying to break the mold, I get it. Guys, we don't need to break the mold for a Muppet movie. You can continuously make new Muppet movies, find reasons to make Muppet movies, and just do it the same way. Because you can have new guest stars, and you can have new plot lines, and new bad guys, and that's what people want to see. Right, like that's the beauty of the Muppets, is you can do a space movie, you can do a pirate movie, you can do a Christmas movie, and you still have the same characters, so you've still got that emotional core that you're linked to, but you get to play with them in all these fun different environments. And then you have Tom Hiddleston showing up for less than three seconds of screen time. Right. And McAvoy showing up. Like, the bigger the star and the shorter the cameo is Muppet heaven for us fans. Right. So, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed it more than the last one. I I don't know. Kind of what I said about earlier about Ricky Gervais. Maybe he just wasn't the person for it. I don't know what was going on there, but it was fine. It was a fine movie. Was it the Muppets movie? Was it Muppets Take Manhattan? You know, was it Muppet Treasure Island? Absolutely not. Those are classic movies, and I don't see anyone who's involved with these ones. Do it. Is it better? Is it closer? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's my piece. Yeah, I think 
I'm not one of those people who's like, everything the Muppets touch is gold. I tried watching the Muppets from space about 10 years ago, and man, whew, that shit is bad. Yeah, it's the lesser of them, in my opinion. But what is one of your favorite Christmas movies? Right, that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. Okay. The Muppet Christmas Carol is my favorite Christmas movie. And I was trying to think why this doesn't resonate with me as much as that does. And don't get me wrong, I love a Christmas movie, so it's got that going for it already. But The Muppet Christmas Carol just has so much heart to it. It does? And this movie's fun, but there's not a lot of heart. Really, all you get is that 30 seconds of everybody rallying around Kermit at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Yeah. Other than that, it's just kind of like a goofy spy movie. Which is fine, but that's not what I connect to with the Muppets, so it it's harder for me to care about it as much. Okay, so before we get to the all the ratings and stuff, I do have a question for you that's very, very important to my heart and our marriage. Okay. What movie do you want to see Muppets redo and you get to keep one original actor from that movie to play their part? Ooh, interesting. That is not the question I thought you were going to ask. Hmm. Ah. And again, I just you can have your own opinion on this. I just Well, I'm trying to think of what would be different than what they've already done. Uh-huh. Cuz the two guys showing up from Pirates of the Caribbean in this, I was thinking like, oh, a Muppet Pirates of the Caribbean would be pretty fun. But we've already done Muppet Treasure Island, so right. we don't need another Muppet Pirate movie. Agreed. Let's see. They haven't done a western yet, but I can't say that I'm like, yeah, I want them to do a western. It could be fun. I think it's hard for me to pick a specific IP. Okay. I don't know that I need a Lord of the Rings, The Muppets. Okay. I feel like you asked this question with an answer ready to go for you. I've got a couple that I could go with. All right, I'll give you one. Okay. I'm not saying I need this, but I think there's potential. I think Harry Potter could transfer over to Muppets really well because there are so many supporting characters. Agreed. Who's the person in it, though? Who's the real person left in it? Ooh, interesting. I mean, I feel like you kind of have to have Dan Ratcliffe. Oh, okay. Because Muppet Christmas Carol, you got Scrooge. Okay, I get you there. Muppet Treasure Island, it's always the lead that's the straight man. Well, yes and no. I'll give you that. So I've heard a lot of answers to this, but some of my favorites. Oh, I've got another one. I've got another one. Go ahead. Go ahead. Muppet version of Clue. Ooh, that's amazing. Who's the real person? Oh, God. I can't not have Tim Curry. Yeah, it, I think it has to be Tim Curry. Yeah, obvious. I like, mean, you can't not have Muppet him. Treasure Island, obvious. Right. I always want a Curry. So what about, giggity, what about a Les Mis with Hugh Jackman? Oh, God, the tone. The tone is so far <laughs> off. I can't get behind that. Okay, so there's that one. Or what about a diehard Keep Alan Rickman? Not enough characters. You don't think so? No. Oh, I think it would be hysterical. You pretty much just got John and the driver guy and the cop and his wife. And all the minor bad guys. Yeah, I guess. But the famous Muppets rarely play the bad guys. It's usually like a collection of the penguins or a collection of the creepy babies. Right. That's true. I don't know. That was just, those are my thoughts. I mean, you, you do you. No, that's a good question. I have a question for you. Okay. The question I thought you were going to ask me, which I now extend to you, which I think is a good judge of character. Who's your favorite Muppet? 
Oof, Gonzo. That was a quick answer. <laughs> that makes very much sense for Second you. Second by Fozzie. A lot of my top list are the real awkward ones. I love Rizzo. I love the Swedish Chef. I love the Bolshevik Muffet, which I don't know his name, but I love that reference from Harry Dresden. So, yeah. I also love Rizzo a lot, which I'm sure largely stems from my love from Up at Christmas Carol. Light the lamp, not the rat. That's right. I love Bean Bunny. Mmm. The science nerd in me is like Bunsen and Beaker. Right. It's hard. It's hard for me to pick one. And even though he's the straight man, I fucking love Kermit. I love Kermit the way you love Mickey Mouse. There's nothing that exciting about him. He's just so wholesome. He's the Steve Rogers of the Muppets. Yeah, he's just the good guy. Yeah. And like, God bless that man for being patient enough to deal with Piggy's bullshit. Yeah, I don't get that. I think Rizzo has to be my favorite, though. As far as just sheer enjoyment goes. Yeah, that was a fun little Muppet aside. Yeah. Quick jumping back to the music. Love Brett McKenzie. Thoroughly enjoyed the songs in this movie, but I feel the same way about the music as I do about the movie as a whole. Like, there's a reason why The Rainbow Connection is one of the most beloved songs of all time. Yeah, nothing in this movie had Rainbow Connection moving right along, any of those classic song feels, they were forgettable. Yeah, and the music from Christmas Carol is so beautiful. Bless Us All is such a gorgeous little song, and When Love Is Gone is a painfully beautiful song that was so pretty, it got cut from the movie. Yep. I think I'm so used to Paul Williams' music, and I associate that kind of music so strongly with the Muppets Uh that like I think that's that's my issue that's my issue I did not grow up with the Muppet show I did not grow up with the variety kind of format and the slapstick I mean there's always slapstick but I didn't grow up with the variety format I grew up with Muppet Christmas Carol and Muppet Treasure Island primarily which are very plot driven they're just classic musicals that happen to have Muppets in them right and that is emotionally where I want to be with a Muppet movie. And this skews more old school variety. Those songs are so classic and so ingrained in the history of what the Muppets are. You know, moving right along, dig-a-dig-dig-a-dig. Like, it just... there. You can't have that friendship of Fozzie and Kermit without that song. It's part of the DNA of what the Muppets are. Right. And so there was nothing that needed to be added to that list in this movie. Yeah, I agree. All right. Any other final thoughts? Are you ready to give your rating? I'm afraid to know what we're rating this. Oh, I honestly did not even think about it. Let's see. On a scale of one to five... Ooh, if you don't have one, I have it. Let's both come up with one. Let's see. On a scale of one to five... Evolutionary Sins Against Creation. (laughs) I would have just said... On a scale of one to five, Ricky Gervais in a lemur costume. Ugh. (laughs) We both went to the same place, but the different place. We both went the disturbing route. Let's cut it somewhere down the middle and say... A pink frog in a lemur costume? How many conspicuous moles Uh. do you give The Muppets Most Wanted? I give this movie a solid three. 
It's a fine movie, some great moments, some great cameos, but there needs to be more memorable music for me to give it anything higher. I think I'm going to give it a 3.5. It made me laugh out loud a couple times. I enjoyed it while we were watching it. Yep. It was not a chore really at any point other than I was just really tired. And the songs were, like, I enjoyed the songs. They were clever. They're just not personally what I look for in a Muppet movie. Yep. But I think they're still quality. So I'm going to say 3.5. But yeah, I don't, I don't need to see it again anytime soon. No. Like, if I happen to stumble across it and nothing else is on, I'll watch it. But I'm probably not going to seek it out again. No. All right, Bob, you want to roll for next week? Sure. Uh, let me get my dice. Um... Cruella drops this week. I've added it to the list. Uh, let's see. One twenty-five. Are you fucking kidding me? One twenty-five on the desk right now. That's Cruella. Are you fucking kidding me? You can't. You can't say that you added Cruella and then I roll Cruella. Are you serious? Okay, I'm not serious. Listen, guys, I left my iPad at work and I'm gone for the weekend and my iPad has the list of all the movies that we roll and choose from. So we're just going to do Cruella this week. We are already going to spend the money to watch it because I really want to see it. So we're just going to do it. It's my podcast. I do what I want. I agree. And I, I, I'm going to say the same thing I said to you. Cruella DeVille better be a freaking bad guy by the end of that goddamn movie. Yeah, that bitch wants to skin puppies. Yeah. I'm down to have fun and watch her be an evil person, but yeah. I don't want you to sympathize somebody who wants to skin puppies. Yeah, I can even be like, okay, let's find her interesting and sympathetic at the beginning. I'm fine with that. But by the end of that movie, she needs to be batshit crazy and Cruella DeVille. Yeah, don't pull a Maleficent with this. Yeah. I need her to be 10 out of 10 fucking crazy. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. So we hope you guys will join us in two weeks for our next film review adventure. This should go without saying, but it's going to be really spoilery. So if you're not paying to see Cruella and you don't want it spoiled, maybe skip next week. And maybe you don't want to go to the theaters. You don't feel safe yet. You haven't gotten your vaccine or anything like that. You know what? That's going to be on Disney+. Plus. You can pay the premium price and you can watch it if you want. And I'm not pushing one way or the other. We don't. We're not sponsored by this or anything. But, you know, there's options. Yeah, I think, I mean, unless you really, really want to go see it in theaters, it drops the same day as Quiet Place 2, and if we're going to spend theater money, I kind of want to spend it on Quiet Place 2. We'll see. In the meantime, though, like us on Facebook at Disney Plus Roulette Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Disney Roulette. We're on Instagram and TikTok at Disney Roulette Pod. Or you can shoot us an email at Disney Roulette Podcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show, you can donate at browsehousemedia.com or drop a rating and review on your podcast app of choice. And uh, I think, Bob, it it's your time to shine. Why don't you take us out? Who, me? Oh, no. Wait a minute. I'm Kermit the Frog, guys. This is a mistake. I'm telling you. Hello?